somebody's waiting on the other side of your next step because God moves when we move. Now, I'm going to explain that in just a moment, but I want to turn us to Exodus chapter 14. The Bible says that God moves and we step out in faith. I'm going to read out Exodus 14, verses 13 to 15, and let's read the story one more time. I'm going to finish the series when your back is against the wall today. And let's read what happened when the children of Israel were up against the sea in front of them and behind them, Pharaoh's angry army. Watch this. And Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you when? Today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see them again no more forever. Now, I want you to read this next one with me because it's true for all of us, and some of us need to hear it. Are you ready? The Lord will fight for you, and you will hold your peace. If God be for you, who can be against you? And then the Lord said to Moses, I like this. Why, why do you cry to me? He said, tell the children of Israel to do what? Go forward. He didn't say go backward, did he? He said go forward because forward is God's favorite direction. Go forward, forward. So let's pray today. Father, we thank you for your word today, and we pray that you will speak to us. Lord, there's people in here who are going to have a breakthrough as soon as they take a step in faith forward. I pray that you will ignite our faith today. I pray that you will inflame with fresh vision our faith today. I pray that, Lord, faith will be increased by hearing the Word. And I pray that people that are stuck between a rock and a hard place, that are, have their backs against the wall, will receive a rhema word from God today, and, Lord, will see a breakthrough in the very near future. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the Word of God. Anoint me today. Anoint my words. I cannot do this without you, Lord. Anoint me. And let your Word burn like a fire and break hard hearts like a hammer. And I thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tell your neighbor, when God says go, you better go. You can be seated. God bless you. Oh, we had such a wonderful time with John Collier Friday night. It was just a, a, a great time in the Lord. I love Pastor John. Now, um, regarding this Sunday night and Greg Laurie's outreach, we're, we're integrally involved in that. Um, I first met with uh, some of Greg's people, believe it or not, two years ago. They met me in the mid-cities and wanted our church to be involved. We had a great conversation. And... Um, um, we're on the, the advisory board of this crusade outreach. The, um, that's 100,000 seats, 100,000 seats. And we're believing God to fill it and turn people away. So I want to encourage you, if you know somebody that needs Jesus, what a great place to bring them. The music is incredible. I, the last time he was here, we went. Kathy and I went, and it's just amazing. Uh, they do a great job, total pros in, in, in what they do. But when he gave the invitation, the whole bottom of, of the area, the entire field was full. And it's going to happen again. And some people 
who are in darkness and headed straight for a devil's hell right now are going to be saved this Sunday night. So I encourage you, get that on your calendar. AT&T Stadium, 100,000 seats. That's where the Cowboys play. Well, where they used to play. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I believe this crusade is going to be more exciting than a Cowboys game, which isn't always hard to do lately. Now, so please come and pray it up. God is all about souls. The Lord is all about souls. Amen? Now, when God says go, you go. And God does say go. Now, we've seen so far when the children of Israel had their back against the wall, and boy, did they, because in front of them was the Red Sea, a million of them strong, delivered, and they're facing the Red Sea. Behind them is coming Pharaoh's angry, furious army, all ready to take them back into bondage again, which is a picture of Satan. Pharaoh was a picture of Satan because all he wanted to do was enslave God's people. He wanted to enslave people. He was a slave driver. But God was a liberator. And so Moses was a type of Christ. And Moses came and brought the word to them, and they were delivered from Egypt. And, and there they are. They're marching to the Red Sea. But they get up to the Red Sea, and it's sort of like, now what? Because behind us is coming Pharaoh's chariots, and they panicked. And I understand panicking in a moment like that. And, and they attack Moses, and God gave Moses a word to give to them. It was a three-pronged command. And, oh, we need to hear this. Because, you see, they are a picture of what happens to you and me. When we got saved, it did not insulate us from getting our backs against the wall sometimes. Getting saved doesn't deliver you from never having another trial. Sometimes it creates trials. And so here they are. God gave a three-pronged command, and it was a great command. Here it was, fear not, stand still and look up, get your eyes on God, and then go forward. Now, I contend that they build one on the other because, watch this, first, don't be afraid. Fear not. Fear not because you can't do anything if you're afraid. If you're afraid, you're full of angst, you're fidgety, uh, uh, you're looking here, looking there, you're, you're full of anxiety. And for them to be able to stand still and get their focus on God, they had to get rid of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear because fear has torment. But God has given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And so God said, the first thing you've got to do is fear not. Get rid of your fear. I'm with you. I'm in charge. I'm here. And if I be for you, who can be against you? And then, so once they said, okay, we're, we're dealing with our fear, then they were able to stand still. They stood still and got their focus on God, which I believe precedes moves of God in our life. When we decide to not be afraid and we look up and we say, Lord, I'm going to stand still until you speak. I'm going to stand still until you give an answer. I'm going to get calm in my spirit. I'm going to do what Psalms 46.10 says, which is be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in your situation. I will be exalted in your trial. So they stand still. Get your eyes on Him. Stand still and see 
the salvation of the Lord. And then, then God said, all right, now that you have gotten rid of the fear, now that you have stood still, now that your spirit is calm, now that you're focused on me, now here's the third part of my command, get moving. Get moving. Move forward. Step out. Now, I want you to notice something, that they could not have moved forward unless they had first stood still. They could not have moved forward unless they had first gotten their focus right. They could not have moved forward in faith until they got rid of their fear because fear and faith are polar opposites. It was when they got still and got focused on God that they became candidates for going forward. And and I want to suggest to you today that going forward positioned them for a miracle. God, The three things God told them positioned them for an all-time, unprecedented, never-before-seen, and never-seen-again miracle, the dividing of the Red Sea. I read a, 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 one of these progressive theologians uh, just a few weeks ago, and this progressive theologian said, you know, uh, we believe that, that the time that Israel moved across the Red Sea, that it was just shallow. It was shallow. They had, they had been through a drought. They had been through all these different things. So the, the sea was so shallow, they could just walk across it. And then I thought, well, that means God drowned the Egyptians in shallow water. <laughs> so ha- take your pick. God drowned them in three feet of water, or the sea divided for them, and they walked across. Leave it to progressive theologians, you know? Now I want to deal with the third part of God's command, go forward. Everybody say, Go forward. God told Israel, it's not a time to cry. It's a time to go forward. It's a time to move forward. Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. The Israelites were to prepare themselves for forward movement. The tense of the command here is get moving. You ever heard God tell you to get moving? Some of you are going to hear it today. Now, let me share with you a few things about going forward. Because I really do believe that God is looking for a church that will, uh, and I pray that they are raised up all over America, God is looking for churches who will say, you know what, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be intimidated by political correctness. I am not going to be kowtowed by unbelievers. I am not going to be muzzled by people who think that I don't have a right to talk. But I am going to arise and let the enemies be scattered. I am going to stand up in the name of Jesus unafraid and declare his name and declare his word. I'm not going to be embarrassed of the Lord, but I'm going to shout it from the housetops that the way to salvation is Christ and him alone. I'm not going to be afraid. I believe that God is looking for churches that will get aggressive with the gospel, aggressive with the word, in love, but aggressive. Not afraid, not meek, not timid, but aggressive, roaring like a lion. So here's some things about going forward. First, God moves when we move. Now, I want you to think about that. God moves when we move. And I know what some of you are already thinking. And and I want to balance that statement out. It's very important we understand what I mean by God moves when we move. But God moves in two ways in our world, and only two ways. The first way is He moves sovereignly. And I'm going to explain that in just a moment. God moves sovereignly. The second way God moves is in answer to the prayer of faith. And those are the only two ways God moves. He moves sovereignly, and He moves in answer to the prayer of faith. 
Now, let me explain what I mean by sovereignly. It says in the Psalms, our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. God does whatever he wants. The sovereign activity of God does not depend on any man or any woman. God decides he's going to move, and he moves. You know why? Because he's God and we're not. He moves in his universe as it pleases him, like he did when he created the world. None of us were there to tell him, hey, you ought to double think this. No, God said, no, I'm going to create the world. Let there be light. Let there be birds. Let there be mammals. Let there be fishes of the sea. Let there be, let there be. He created everything. When it came to making us, he said, let us make man. He did it sovereignly. And God is moving right now all over the world sovereignly. He is moving because he wants to. He's doing what he pleases. Amen? He doesn't wait for me to say the right thing or do the right thing or act a certain way, and he's not bound until I somehow release him. God is sovereign. I love what Isaiah the prophet wrote. He said, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I like that. So there's not a bunch of other gods for you to choose from. I am God, and there is no other. There's no God like me. I am God, the one God, the only God. The Lord our God is one God. He's the only God. Jehovah God, the God of the Bible, is the only God. He's the one God. He's the ruling God. So he's kind of letting us know, let me, let me fill you in on who I really am. But then look in verse 10, he says, I make known, let me, let me show you how I'm God. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand. Do you hear that? God says, I don't care what the devil does. I don't care what men do. My purpose will stand. I'm sending my son back, and nobody's going to stop it. I'm going to end the world the way I want, and nobody's going to stop me. I'm going to rule a new world, a new heaven, and a new earth, and no one is going to stop me. My purpose shall stand. And, and you know what's good about that? His purpose for you will stand. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. His purpose will stand. And then he says, Here, here's how you know I'm God. I will do what I please. And then he says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. That's how you know that I'm God. I tell you how something is going to end before the beginning begins. Before something starts, I see how it's going to finish. I see the end from the beginning. Now, he's talking about prophecy. He said, only me, only God, only the one God can tell you what is going to come before it even starts. See, God is in your future waiting for you to arrive. He's already prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He's got one jump on the devil every single time. God is in charge of his universe, and he says, I know how it's going to end before it starts, and that's how you know that I'm God. That's sovereign. But then the second way God moves in our world is in answer to the prayer of faith. 
And that's what he has chosen. He has chosen to move in those two ways. The Bible says, you have not because you ask not. He said, I can move sovereignly in your life, and he has moved sovereignly in all of our lives, I guarantee you. But he said, I've also chosen to answer the prayer of faith. And until you pray, there are certain things I will not do. I'm going to say that again. Until you pray, there are certain things I will not do. Because isn't that what he just said? You have not because you ask not. You would, here's what he's letting us know. You would have some things you don't have right now if you had only asked God for them. He would have moved on your behalf and answered the prayer of faith. Now, whenever I read that verse, I, I, I do, I, I quickly check out. Now, what have I not asked for that I really wish I had? You know, I've wanted it, I've desired it, my, my, my desire for it has been there, but I haven't bothered to ask God for it. And God says, you don't have it because you didn't come to me and ask me for it. Because if you had asked me for it, I would have given it to you. And speaking of the prayer of faith, nobody encouraged this kind of prayer, the prayer of faith, in the Bible more than the Lord Jesus. Nobody. Jesus said simply, ask, and it shall be given to you. How simple is that? And he expands on it in John's gospel. Listen to this. I tell you the truth. You can ask for anything in my name. I'm going to say that again. You can ask for anything in my name. I will do it so the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. How clear is that? He didn't say you might get it. I'll think about it. He said, if you ask in my name, and of course, 1 John lets us know, according to my will, I will give it to you. A couple of chapters later in John, he says, until now you have asked for nothing uh, in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Now notice, his name is the dinner bell. His name, we don't go to, to, to God in the name of Muhammad or in the name of Buddha or in the name of Krishna, or in our own name. We go to him in the name of the only name that really rings the rafters of heaven, and that is the name of Jesus. Jesus said, if you'll ask in my name, if you'll pray in my name. You know, C.H. Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher in London, he said, I, I shared this a few weeks ago, but it's worth saying again. He said, here's what prayer is like. It's like you, you grab a rope, and you pull it hard, and a bell rings in heaven. Ding! In Jesus' name. So you say, Lord, I need this, I need that. I'm coming to you, and I pray in Jesus' name. And you pull that rope. The, your faith is the rope. And it ring, the bell is the name of Jesus. And when you say in the name of Jesus, it rings in heaven. It reverberates through the throne room of God. Oh, there's one of my children praying in the name of Jesus, done. All the promises of God are yes and amen through Jesus Christ. I came today to preach faith a little bit. I, I, want, us to, I want to get us to a place where we're expecting God. And we're expecting it so much that we're willing to go forward, move forward, step out. So God moves sovereignly, and he moves in answer to the prayer of faith. That's the only two ways he moves in the world. But there's something else I want us to get today, and here's where I'm going. 
this is my real, this is my, this is my bullseye target today. Once we've asked in faith, Jesus, I'm praying for this, that, or the other. Jesus taught putting feet to our faith, or as Moses put it, moving forward, stepping out in our faith. Let me tell you what I mean. Somebody said, I like this, if you pray for rain, start carrying an umbrella. Why are you carrying that umbrella when it's clear blue skies? Because I prayed for rain. And I believe that rain is coming. Well, you look kind of silly. I know, until it rains. I do look kind of silly. In other words, what I'm going to show you is the Bible teaches taking action that testifies to our faith. In the realm of answered prayer, God responds to faith that is followed by action because faith is a verb. Faith is an action word. It's not passive. It's aggressive. It's a verb. Bible faith requires action. Listen to the Apostle James. In the same way, he writes, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, do you see that there? I underline that. If it's not accompanied by action, what is faith? It's it's dead. Now, in our text, here's the children of Israel. They have stood still, and their eyes are on God. They've heeded the Word of God through Moses. And then God said, okay, now you're where I need you. Now you're in the right place. Now here's the third part of my command. It's time for you to get moving. It's time for you to step out. It's time for you to move forward and put feet to your faith. Now, they're standing in front of a sea, and God says, move forward. A sea of impossibility. You've got to be kidding, God. What do you mean? Just start walking into the sea? Yes. Start walking. I remember reading a quote one time that said, take the first step of faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. The world says, I'll believe it when I see it. But you know what the person who understands faith says? I will see it when I believe it. And I'll know I really believe it if I step out in faith on it. It is when we act in faith upon God's Word that we see God move. Somebody's waiting on the other side of your next step. We say, well, Lord, I'm just waiting on you. Sometimes God says, well, I'm waiting on you. There's a time to stand still, and there is a time to take action. Now, for me, the time of standing still has always been that that, that all-important time of listening to the Lord and waiting for direction, waiting for His voice, waiting on Him to tell me what to do. But once He does clarify His will, then it always falls that the next step is to take a step, to step out on His Word like Peter did and walk on the water. Can I tell you something about Peter today? Peter didn't walk on the water. Peter walked on the Word of Jesus. He didn't walk on the water. Jesus said, come. One word from Jesus and you can walk. He said, come. 
Lord, if that's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So he stepped out not on the water but on the word that came from the mouth of Jesus and when he stepped out on the word that came from Jesus he walked on his impossibility now catch that and that's as real for us today as it was for Simon Peter right then he walked on the word he walked on the word of God he walked on the word of Jesus we walk on the word And isn't it funny, when you walk on the Word, you end up walking on top of what was vexing you. Bible faith requires forward motion. It requires action. You study the miracles of Jesus. Just look at them. Read the red part of the Bible, and you'll see that Jesus did two things. He healed some people totally sovereignly, but most of them, His miracles happened after somebody stood in faith and stepped out. There was one day a funeral procession. He's watching the funeral procession go by. And it says that Jesus walked up to the procession. He discerned that this woman, the woman clearly that was the brokenhearted one, the weeping one, and looked in the casket, and there was her only son. Nobody had asked Jesus to help. Nobody asked him to intervene. Nobody did anything. Jesus chose to sovereignly walk up and speak to that boy and raise him from the dead and gave him back to his mother and walked away. It was a sovereign move of God. But most of the time, you read the miracles and you will see somebody acted in faith. The woman with the issue of blood, look at this, pushed through the crowd, reached out, touched the hem of his garment, And then power went out from him, and he said, who touched me? And they said, Lord, there's a million people touching you. He said, but there's a difference when it's the touch of faith. The touch of faith pulled it out of me. The touch of faith, I felt virtue go out of me, and at the same time, it says the woman felt virtue go into her. And she was instantly healed. But what happened? She stepped out in faith. Faith made her feet move, her hands reach. A leper ran up to Jesus, bowed down to him, prayed to him for healing. Ran, bowed, prayed. He reached out. Faith moved him. The four men, I love this story, the four men with a paralyzed friend made a hole in the roof of the house Jesus was in. They lowered their friend down into Jesus' presence. Their friend was paralyzed, and they said, "Look, watch this. They said, you can't do it yourself, but, but we know that if we can just get you to Jesus, you will be healed. So, so picture of soul winning. He couldn't do it himself. He was paralyzed, but his friends carried him to Greg Laurie. And, and, when, and it says there was not room enough to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. So it says they they went up on the roof and they burrowed a hole through the roof and lowered him down as Jesus was in the house teaching. Here comes this man. Hi. Heal me. And it says Jesus healed him. The disciples gave up their meager sack lunch. Jesus took their act of faith and multiplied it and fed thousands. The people of a certain village laid their sick in the streets so that Jesus passing by might heal them. They said, the sick can't come out of the house to go to Jesus, so we will carry them. And they put them on the curbs. And Jesus came walking by, and it says they were healed all. 
If somebody hadn't acted in faith, they would never have been healed. Let me show you something about Jesus' most familiar message about prayer. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. I believe one leads to the other, which leads to the other. He gave us a progression. He said, real prayer works like this. You ask first. That means a petition. You go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I'm asking you to blank. And once we ask, he said, now don't stop there. He said, once you've asked, seek and you will find. Put feet to your faith, get moving and seek and you will find. So he's really talking about us entering into a cooperative effort with God that we pray for something, but now that we believe he heard us in our prayer, we're going to start seeking to find what we've asked for knowing God is moving on our behalf. I like to say God blesses moving targets. You're moving in faith. Now then he says, but don't stop with seeking either, but knock. Now what's knock about? Knock is talking about perseverance. In your asking and in your seeking, don't give up. Keep knocking and don't faint. Jesus said, it says in Luke 18, verse 1, he taught them a parable that men ought always to pray and not to faint or lose heart or give up. Men ought always to keep on praying and don't give up. Perseverance. Now, I believe the idea in Jesus' message is that the prayer is asking for a door of opportunity to open. Lord, I'm looking at a door, but wow, or, or I need a door to open, and I don't know where to begin, but since I believe that you're hearing me, I'm asking you to open for me a door of opportunity. And once having asked, Jesus urges the prayer to go seeking that door of opportunity, putting feet to their faith. Then once the asker and the seeker finds the door, Jesus urges further action by knocking on the door persistently until it opens for them. Asking leads to seeking, and seeking requires persistent knocking. Let me give you an example. You don't pray for a job and then go sit on the couch and eat potato chips and watch soap operas all day. You say, Lord, I need a job. But then God says, well, don't sit there and wait for the phone to ring. Go seeking. And then when you think you have found something you're interested in, start knocking. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent must take it by force. There is a thing known as aggressive faith, and that's what I'm talking about today. We, we, we got to get serious about this thing. Asking leads to seeking, and seeking requires persistent knocking. Get moving. Move forward. Let me give you a perfect example from the Bible. There was a time when the city of Samaria was laid siege by the Syrians. And God's people were in Samaria. And the Syrians decided the way we're going to win this is we're going to starve them out. And so they blocked all the food from getting to them. And, it, folks, it turned into a living, breathing nightmare inside the walls of Samaria. The Bible says we can read the story in 1 King, 2 Kings 7. Uh, you might want to read it when you get home, but it's powerful. And here they are. Let me tell you how bad it got. It got so bad, mothers were killing their children and eating them. 
I know that's gross, but it's in the Bible. It's terrible. It's, it's inconceivable, but it's in the Bible. Cannibalism was happening inside the walls of Samaria. It was dire. It was desperate. It was terrible. And it looked like there's no way out of this. Our backs are against the wall. But just outside the gates were four men who were lepers. And these four lepers are sitting there with their backs up against the gate. They're outside. Behind them is Samaria. In front of them is the army of the Syrians. And look what it says. There were four leprous men. 2 Kings 7, 3. I'm going to read it to you. There were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Oh, that's a great question. Why are you sitting there until you die? You know what they're saying? There comes a time when you've got to move. You've got to step out. Because as soon as you step out, your situation begins to change. So they're sitting there and they said, if we go backward behind us, the city is starving. We will die in there. But if we sit here, we will also die. And so they decided there's only one thing we can do. Give our situation to God and we're going to stand up and we're going to go forward. We're going to get up and we're going to go forward. We're going to believe that our God, though our backs are against the wall like nobody's business and behind us an entire city is starving, we're going to believe that God has a solution. So these four leprous men answered their own question. Well, we're not going to sit here until we die. We're going to go forward. So they stood up. And it says, they began, I so love this, they began walking towards their enemy in faith. And the Bible says, God made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great army when there wasn't one. Oh, man. Do you see that as soon as they step? Now, you say, well, Jeff, what would have happened if they hadn't gotten up? They'd have died. There comes a time when you got to say to yourself, why am I sitting here in this situation until I die? Why am I sitting in this mess until I die? Why am I letting life act on me this way without me doing anything? Why don't I stand up and walk? I'm talking to somebody today. Why don't I get up and walk in Jesus, take a step of faith, and, and, and let God change my situation? And so they walked, and when they got to the camp of the Syrians, there was nobody there. They walked into a tent, and all there was was food and munitions and all the things that the city of Samaria had been longing for. And then they went to the next tent and the next tent, and they were having a hallelujah fit (laughs) because God had moved on their behalf, not as they sat there, but as they moved forward in faith. I'm getting this CD. This is worth hearing again. Some of you need to hear this. Some of you need to get this because you've been sitting where you are way too long. You've been sitting in that mess way too long. You've been playing your violin way too long. It is time to get up and step out in faith so God can change your situation. And then they said this to themselves. It's not right that we enjoy this all alone. We've got to go tell the city. 
And so they went and told the city, we've got all the food you could even dream of. There was a stampede of people to the camp of the Syrians. And watch this. A whole city was saved because four men stepped out. Oh, man. Where are you today in your walk? You need to step out? You need to step out? Let me me close by telling you what I believe really happened with Israel when they were crossing the Red Sea. I can't prove this. The Bible doesn't say it, but I do no damage to the text in telling you what I think happened. You ready? Here they were. They're at the sea. Army coming up behind them. God says, get moving. (laughs) Okay. They stepped. The sea parted. You think they were not? (laughs) Do you think they were not sticking themselves? Are we in a dream? (sighs) Now, here's what I believe. The, The Bible says, the Bible says, if I can just find it, there it is. Meanwhile, Moses stretched his rod over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path. Everybody say, open up a path. When when did that path open up? When they started moving. Now look, through the sea, with walls of water on each side, and a strong east wind blew all night long, drying the sea bottom. Notice, it doesn't tell us that the wind divided the entire sea from beginning to end immediately. It doesn't say that. It only tells us the Lord opened up a path through the sea. He was their way maker. He made a way where there was no way. And the east wind blew all night long. Now, here's what I think happened. I think the people in the front saw that sea parting as they continued to move forward. They said, if we stop, it stops. When we move forward in faith, it's parting. Now, I don't think it was right here in their face. But I think over, just down yonder a little bit, the sea kept parting as they kept walking. And it kept parting as they kept walking. And, and, and then finally they got to the other side. I say that because that's the way he's always moved in my life. Always. Never everything at once. Always step by step. Faith by faith. Stand by stand, walking on the promises, standing on the promises, incrementally, day by day, week by week, month by month. He told them, I'm not going to give you the promised land all at once. You'll take it city by city because if you get it all at once, the beast of the field will devour you because you won't be numerous enough to occupy where you're going. We're not in the place we could handle all of it at once, but we take it step by step. Can you stand with me today? And let's, let's quote a verse together. Say with me, it is impossible to please God. There it is. Let's read it together. Everybody ready? One, two, three. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sit there? No, who seek him sincerely. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. All of us, Lord, are in a walk of faith. 
We're all at different levels, at different places, but we're all walking by the same principle. There's a time to stand still, and there's a time to get moving. And, Lord, I believe with all of my heart, literally thousands of people are waiting on the other side of Turning Point's next step. And I believe that there are people on the other side of every individual in this room's next step of faith. There is a door waiting to open. There's a person waiting to hear. There's a miracle waiting to occur. There's a blessing to be had if we get up and take that step. Now, I'm talking right to some of you today. You've been sitting there long enough. Can I tell you in love? You've been sitting, soaking and souring long enough. Don't let God's destiny on your life pass you by because you're going to sit there until you die. Take that step into a ministry. Take that step into Whatever, you know what it is. Take that step. Get involved in the work of the Lord. Get off the sidelines. Get onto the field. Help, help us carry the ball across the goal line. There's a blessing waiting on the next side, on the other side of your next step. Now with your heads bowed and you say, Jeff, this spoke right to me today. I know this is for me. And I receive this word. Let me see your hands all over this place. Amen. Many, 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 many people. Many people. Thank you, Lord. Now let's pray together. Because we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We're in a moment of destiny. Destiny for America. Destiny for the world. So pray this with me and say, Lord... I'm all in. I stand still long enough to hear you. But once your will is clear, I move forward. I step out. I walk on the Word. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, I believe the Lord is saying... He knows your heart. He sees your heart. He knows your desire. He knows the passion. He knows what He has put in you. It's from Him. And you've been frustrated. But I believe that God is saying, reach out and receive my word and walk on my word. Don't let the wind frighten you or the waves terrify you, but walk on my word. My word will carry you. My word will hold you. My word will strengthen you. My word will help you. My word will heal you. My word will sustain you. My word will guide you. My word will finish what it has begun. My word.
So just receive his word like Peter did and just take that step. Just take that step because doors are going to swing open that you would have never walked through if you hadn't stepped. If you hadn't stepped, they'd have never, never opened. But you step and they're going to open. Lord, I thank you for your word with us today. Thank you for the power of the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need this today, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.